0: So, I can see over your shoulder uh it looks like the uh looks like the married uh student housing of of the University of montana You can see it yeah
1: yeah it's uh it's deluxe
0: <laughs> how is how's is your missoula adventure Missoula's going fine
1: that song is by Aretha franklin by the way oh okay uh, it occurs to me of course uh, early um uh, missoula's uh, lovely the apartment's lovely. We've had a couple of light snows already. Oh my god! Um, my uh, uh, Justin Taylor is is here. He's teaching in the spring, and he'll be occupying the spare, um, the previously empty bedroom of this apartment. Oh really? <laughs> when he's here, he's only teaching a couple of days
0: a week. You know, so. I don't think I've ever met Justin in real life. Though we're uh, we're internet friends, but I saw him posting about arriving in Missoula. On the internet, and was yeah. very
1: jealous. Yeah, it was his first day in Missoula, yeah. which, as Richard Hugo famously wrote, is always your worst.
0: <laughs> Actually, my first day in Missoula was, in fact, kind of bad. <laughs> yeah, what happened? Well, I, I, I guess I where I was living in Michigan. And I had gotten right. into the MFA program and decided to attend. And yeah. so I took the Empire Builder, Amtrak's Empire Builder train line.
1: You came out by rail.
0: I came out by rail. And that brought me to, I think, Whitefish? and then Which
1: is I, still three hours away. Exactly.
0: And then I got on a bus, <laughs> and I took the bus to Missoula. And all of this was great. It had... It, It was the right way to go to Montana for the first time. But then when I arrived in Missoula, my intention was I would, you know, visit all the local businesses. I would look for an apartment. Uh, I would get things done. Uh, And it turns out it was a holiday. What's the holiday in May? Memorial Day?
1: You came out in May?
0: Was that right? School starts
1: in, school starts in like. August or September.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I wanted to check it out. I had already gotten in, and it was like a visit.
1: Probably uh, Labor Day. I guess Labor Day.
0: Labor Day, thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And everything, literally everything, was closed. And I'd never seen a town shut down for Labor Day so aggressively. Yeah. Um, So I was able to accomplish nothing, and no one was around Everyone had left town or was, I I guess it was probably the end of this, you know, the semester had just ended and everybody was like, get me the hell out of here. Whereas for me, it was like, I want to see the new place. I bet everyone will be very excited about living there. Mm -hmm. And they they weren't. They were all gone. So I sort of wandered around in complete solitude, uh, sort of dazedly.
1: Carrying a lot of bags, a bag.
0: Uh, had you just popped out for a visit, or had you? No, I stayed in a hotel. I think for a couple of yeah. nights. Um, I did end up. The one place that stayed open was Freddie's Feed and Read, so I uh-huh. hung out there.
1: Did you end up working at Freddy's Feed and Read?
0: No, I worked at a uh, second. Food thought. for thought. Well, sec- second, thought. second thoughts, uh, but same same empire. Yeah. I think it's a thought it's a it's a failed empire now, right? Food for thought still there. But, no. No. None of the thoughts are are there then?
1: no, no, there's something else there now, um, called Nanas or something I, I haven't been,
0: yeah uh. so anyway, Hugo was right, but I ended up the rest of my days in Missoula were wonderful.
1: They got better, yeah, they got better. What was your best day in Missoula?
0: Oh man, Ed i don't i can't I can't say. Yet to come, perhaps? Maybe. Well, I'm tempted to say that it's the times that I came back for the Missoula Book Festival, in part because so little had changed compared to most towns over 20, 25 years. True. And uh, I was full of nostalgia, uh, nostalgic delight. Uh, mm. And uh, a lot of writer friends were also descending on the town at the same time, so I got to hang out with them. It was like a, it was like reliving my graduate school days in a very concentrated form with uh, terrific new restaurants and bars and friends.
1: Without the burden of being a graduate student,
0: <laughs> or and of being anything, I didn't have to do anything. <laughs>
1: that's pretty nice. That, that's a good way to be here.
0: Yeah, I didn't have. They to.
1: say it's there's an article in the Missoulian today saying that uh, we're. Uh, um, probably sponsored by the Chamber, that were poised to become the Austin of the Northwest.
0: How do you, how do we feel about that?
1: It's like maybe they haven't been to Austin. Like somebody needs to travel more broadly <laughs> before they write a headline. There should sure. be a, a traveling fellowship for budding headline writers. <laughs> before they... Uh, Start saying things like that. <laughs> well, who knows? There's uh, there is a lot of new investment. The town the, the college is like half the size that it was eight years ago. Yeah. Well forty percent of what it was. Forty percent's not half, but it's a lot closer to half than it is to
0: But 100%. how how does the shrinkage manifest itself? Like have buildings been torn down or are standing empty no, no. or is it just fewer no, people? It's, Yeah, there's just
1: fewer people. It feels like a summer session. The graduate program is full as ever. All not just in English, but the graduate programs of the school. It's just the undergraduate enrollment has fallen dramatically. Uh, Seems to have been arrested, but there's just uh, there's not density on campus. There's no crowded hallways. Yeah. No. No no irritating bursts of joy. Sitting in your office, I was in my office. Uh, I'll say I, I think the graduate program is fantastic. Right, if anybody's listening who's thinking about coming here for graduate school, you get an offer from Cornell, which has like a lot of funding and stuff, and it's uh, you know Ivy and all that. Don't listen to it. Come here and hope that you get a TA that will cover some of your costs, and you'll be happy. Um, but the um, I was in my my office and the the lights went out in the hallway. And it was a Wednesday afternoon. It was yep. about two o'clock. Midterms are approaching. Should be a busy time on campus. Sure. And I went out to figure out why the lights were off, and I realized that they were on a timer, and nobody had been down the hallway in a couple of
0: hours. It's it's like the basement library stacks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but there's a lot of benefits.
1: My my niece is uh, a freshman here. Uh, in fact, oh, I have really? to go pick her up at the Greyhound station this afternoon. She oh, great! Took the bus over to Spokane, where she's from, and uh, and if you are an undergraduate here right now, you are being catered to to a, a, a comically exaggerated degree because they want you to stay so badly.
0: What are some of the perks? Ed, tell me about them.
1: Um, the university president helping you move into your dorm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah.
0: yeah. Really.
1: Yeah. Oh, like like
0: literally yeah. carrying your little microwave literally, oven.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the president and his wife were helping them <laughs> helped her move into her dorm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: wonderful! So it's fun, but it feels like summer session, you know. Yeah. Um, in terms, except Jesus, what does the summer feel like for it being cold? Summer in Missoula. Magnificent, yeah, but it's been uh, it's, it's been nice being here. It's nice having a job briefly, um, and it's nice being able to just immerse myself in poetry. It's heartbreaking not to be with my child and my wife all the yeah. time, yeah. But uh, we're using this program called Skype that you might have heard of,
2: yeah, um,
1: <laughs> liberally.
0: By the way, I just figured out how to. How to adjust the volume so I could hear both myself and you at the same time. It's completely different from the way it was literally one week ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, but yes. Uh, but anyway, how, how many – so you're, you're continuing to go back to Portland every week?
1: Almost every weekend, yeah. I yeah. stayed here this weekend because I read on Friday night with uh, Milena. Morning, oh,
0: yeah, wonderful. We read. Oh, she gives such a good reading. I would love to hear you guys together. She's very funny,
1: very dry, very funny. Yeah. Read uh, some of her old work, some recent work, some of her translations Edith Sodergrand, Thomas Transtromer. Excellent. Uh, it was fun. I had uh, uh, picked out the best poems, the most readable poems from my upcoming book. Yeah. Um, and put them in one pile. And then the rest of the book in the other pile. And then I brought the wrong pile to the reading, so I did not have the poems that I'd intended to read, including my poem that had been that day published in the New Yorker.
0: Oh man! I did not
1: read it because I forgot it. So that was pretty great. So That's a pro move, I thought.
0: <laughs> I'm actually pro moves. I'm actually searching. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna link to your poem in the New Yorker. Um, uh, for the show notes, and maybe you, do you want to read it? Do you want to read it here on the podcast? Since you didn't get to read it at your reading,
1: well, there's there's an audio
0: link on that if somebody uh, wants. To. Okay, okay, I, all right. Uh, oh, sure you you love reading other people's poems on the podcast, but your own? No, no, I do. Really like no, <laughs> what are you, a generous soul?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: but uh, so that's. Uh, then I, uh, I I almost died from a kidney stone, or felt my body was telling me that I was dying. Oh. But uh, but you went to Spain, <laughs> Wait, which wanna... is probably Wait, much you... more fun to hear about. You, you
0: re- so you you thought the kidney stone was important enough to mention, but then you quickly deflected to my trip. I to, Spain. To re-
1: we only have so much time. I want to register <laughs> some of the dramatic happenings since we last spoke. So I was uh, I was in I was in Portland, and my foot swelled up. Really bad. Yeah, my right foot was swollen, and I thought it it felt kind of like a sprain, but there wasn't any bruising, and I hadn't done anything. And I I wasn't able to. I wasn't able to get on my flight back to Missoula. Like there was no way I was going to. I couldn't walk. Wow. Right, and it was like my flight was at five thirty in the morning or something. Um, So I ended up staying, and uh, and my foot got better, but then I just started feeling this all over malaise. Right. Um high fever, listlessness, uh, just didn't want to get out of bed and essentially didn't get out of bed for a few days. Fever of like 103, 104, but no specific pains. Like I didn't really have a headache even. Like my systems were working. I just felt – but I, I felt the chills even though I had, you know, my face was burning but like my body was cold. And uh, I, uh, we called the, the nurse line and you we know, just thought it was the flu. It seemed yeah. like the flu.
0: Yeah. The flu don't make your foot swell up though.
1: No, my body, but my body was, was, was telling me like, a, like we don't know what's going on in here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Something's not right. We,
1: we don't know. Yeah. yeah the assembled organs, like, we're not sure what's going on. <laughs> I felt, uh, you know, I feel better if I feel worse, but then it was, uh, because I'd missed my flight and I couldn't take the next flight. So I, I, I had to take the Greyhound back to Missoula after a week because I had to get back here. Um, so I felt like dying. My body was telling me that you're dying.
2: <laughs>
1: and uh, so I don't I mean boarded, to laugh at that. So I boarded a Greyhound.
0: <laughs> of course you did. Of course you did. Yeah.
1: Um, the Portland bus station is under construction. So the Portland, Oregon bus station is the curb um, by a Holiday Inn.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: And there's a guy there with a vest, and that's how you know that that's where the bus is going to come
0: you this is like a dapper is is, it, is there a jacket and pants as well it's a three piece suit well
1: he was wearing clothes no he's wearing like some clothes and then like a little jacket and he was about seventeen okay so this this where the bus is he said yes
0: when huh. you I, I i want i know you meant like a reflective safety vest but i c but i but I really wanted to picture like the like the uh a, a guy dealing cards at a saloon. Yeah, he was running a card game. Also, yeah. he was, but that wasn't part of the, his job. It was. So you're dying, and you get on a bus. So I get on a bus, which really helped,
1: and was um, <laughs> feeling worse and worse. Um, and then uh, around, Coeur d'Alene, Spokane, Coeur d'Alene, I began to feel like I was being stabbed in the lower back. With a ice pick, mm-hmm. So I looked around. Mm-hmm. Nobody was stabbing with an ice pick.
2: Uh-huh.
1: John Wick wasn't on the bus. <laughs> the ice pick killer wasn't on the bus. Yeah, um, and I felt, but then I, I sort of began to put it together. I was like, "Oh, lower back, feeling bad. I think I have kidney stones." And uh, and then I uh, passed the kidney stones actually rather quickly.
0: Oh, so you um, didn't you didn't have us. to. You didn't have to go to the. You didn't have to go to the doctor. I peed out the kidney stones. So Spain, John. There
1: was a lot of blood. <laughs> oh my God, Ed. But were uh, you? Were you? Ter- I mean, in the you- sterile confines of the Greyhound station, <laughs> oh my Greyhound
0: God. bus bathroom, I felt uh, uh, all was well. Did and you? Then- did you immediately? Did you instantly feel better? Was it obvious that that is what had been going on?
1: Instantly, I felt better. Instant, I felt great.
0: I felt fantastic. Well, hey, when the pain stops, of course.
1: And then, uh, and then, actually, I, I felt. I still felt a little miserable for, <laughs> for uh, um, a few weeks. I'm still not 100, percent but I was just more like stunned, like I'd been hitting the head with a board. Sure. Oh but, God. Uh, my then my my body was like, oh okay, you're, you're, we're gonna live. We're okay in here yeah carry on you know but uh, uh it was uh the sickest i'd been uh since i had like a really bad strep throat 10 years ago when i was also away from home teaching in dc yeah and i had strep throat and didn't do anything about it, uh, it became scarlet fever
0: you often come down with things when you're traveling and then you're sick in a in an unfamiliar place, I had that. My only real experience of that was the ear infection I had in London, in Bloomsbury, and then ended up waiting in a uh, clinic at like three in the morning with a bunch of sex workers um, who'd who'd fallen on the pavement and cut their leg. Several of them, uh, and it was actually kind of a good ex- good experience because they, you know. I, th- I thought I'd have to pay <laughs> because I'm an American. <laughs> yeah. And when I finally got to the doctor, he was incredibly nice. He's like, here's some free antibiotics. You have an ear infection. I'll clean that out for you. You know, do this, do that. Enjoy your trip. And I felt better within about 12 hours. That's pretty good. Yeah, it was good. It was painful, though. Anyway, I'm glad you're okay. Um, that Thank That sounds you. incredibly terrible. It was not great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yes, I managed to go to Spain and back without getting sick. Um, and uh, Stephanie and I had uh, um, had been planning this trip. It's sort of a belated honeymoon. And she had found an Airbnb uh, on Tenerife, which is not mainland Spain, but on one of the Canary Islands just off the coast of Morocco. Um, not near Spain, it turns out. No. Uh, so it was a Two and a half hour flight from Madrid, and uh, the big the big picture here is it was great. We had a wonderful time, and I like Tenerife. But it was surprising and interesting in several ways. That this island is like a it's like a miniature continent. It kind of reminded me of a of a of a map in a video game RPG. It's like a whole series of microclimates that you can traverse, like, very quickly. You drive around the whole island in two, two and a half hours, but there's, you know, a bit that's, that's almost like a desert, and then there's lush, seattle hilly, cool areas. And the usual tourist area is the deserty spot, where there are a bunch of mini Las Vegas-like developments, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. Uh, middle-class British people go to, to be drunk and chain smoke for a week, um, mm-hmm. and lie in the sun.
1: Did you uh, see some of
0: them? Actually, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. We got we got it's a little stir crazy. So but yeah. where where we ended up, where Stephanie found this um, Airbnb was, it was a little cottage on an avocado farm, and the avocado farm was surrounded by a banana farm. So. Mm. Uh, it was very rural and agrarian. There's there is there's a bunch of little cities nearby. Like you're never far from a big town somewhere on this mm-hmm. island, but you step outside the town and suddenly it feels like you're in the middle of nowhere. Um, so this place was great. You could walk down, um, really hike down a series of path- steep paths and stairs to a to a almost completely empty black sand beach. Uh, mm. With rocky crags everywhere, it was very beautiful. Um, but mostly, we, uh, you know, I I would write every day on the deck of the cottage, literally surrounded by avocados, um, and they would fall off the trees, and we would let them ripen in the house, and then eat them. Uh, it, was, it was very good. Uh, the place was infested with ants, and here's the thing about rural big ants, little ants. Little little tiny ants, very mm-hmm. tiny ants. So they weren't like biting ants, mm-hmm. uh, but there was a crap ton of them, and you, we couldn't leave. At, at first, the the uh, we really liked the the owner of this place. He he was a he's a native Canarian who um, uh, unexpectedly spent ten years in Poughkeepsie, New York. So he was familiar. He spoke, his English was really good, and he and he's familiar with our general area. But he. Um, he first tried to, like, <laughs> fob off the ant problem as, like, well, this is just life in the islands. There's just ants everywhere. And by the end, when he realized that I, we, I wasn't going to, he, he thought that—I think he thought that I might put the ants on the review of the Airbnb. Uh. He admitted that, in fact, this was not normal, <laughs> that <laughs> ants did not infest everything in Tenerife, and that, do you have any advice on how to get rid of <laughs> get rid of them? And, in fact, I did, so— uh, what, how do you get rid of ants? This, the, the things that I... Actually, this is worth putting in the notes. Um, Vinegar? No, it's... Um, Put out a bunch of sugar? Sprinkle it's, uh, sugar everywhere? It's borax. Borax. They do like the sugar, you see, but it doesn't harm them. That's the problem. Oh, okay. It acted... I knew it had something to do with them. Yeah. So it's borax. So the you, you get these... The things we use to these... Uh, Taro liquid ant baits. They're these little, little plastic. Yeah, that's things. what we use. Yeah, you put them all over. Is the that place. borax
1: in there?
0: Yeah, it's it's like it's it's like a sugar water mixed with borax, basically, and that prevents them from from digesting food, and they then they die. Anyway, so I think it's pretty common in a lot of rural parts of the world that the that the uh, plumbing is not super robust, or it's very old, or the pipes are narrow and so we were not we were we're we're asked not to um we're asked not to put uh, toilet paper in in the toilet uh which was a little alarming to me as i'm accustomed to you know america Uh, and uh-huh. and flushing your toilet paper away, but got used to it in a day or two. The problem was that the ants would, <laughs> oh would no. sw- swarm the you know the little can with a with a tight lid that you put your toilet paper in, and then you throw it in the garbage later. Um, but then when the ants, <laughs> it wasn't tight enough to keep the ants out, so they would swarm the. <laughs> oh, that's gross. <laughs> and you you would put you shove your toilet paper in there, and the ants would immediately. Sprint onto your hand and begin to while while you're trying to tidy your bottom. The answer, Yeah. swarming no. up, your arm, up your arm.
1: That's great. That's a honeymoon. That's yeah. a honeymoon <laughs> memory.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but aside from that, it was wonderful, and uh, I'm 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 here to tell you about the two. The two most popular cuisines, the two most popular foods of the Canary Islands, uh, and they are potatoes, boiled potatoes, and grilled cheese. That's fine. Yeah, the potatoes it doesn't seem are very exotic,
1: but it seems comfortable. Uh,
0: the potatoes are called papas arugadas. Uh, and they, what you do is you boil them. You take, it's usually like the, these uh, new potatoes, and you boil them in really salty water. Then you dump the water out, and you just let them dry in the pan so that they they get uh, crispy and crinkly and salty. And then mm-hmm. they're served alongside these two um, sauces. There's this mojo rojo and mojo verde. There's like a... It's mm-hmm. like a, a red sauce made from roasted peppers and then there's a green mm-hmm. sauce made with like olive oil and usually Comachios cilantro maybe. Um mm-hmm. oh, that's a good idea though. Yeah. Uh and so these two sauces you also eat with the uh with the other thing that uh that all the restaurants serve in the Canary Islands which is this um grilled I think it's like a goat or sheep cheese and it's in like it's in flat Like like the size of a piece Mm -hmm. of Wonder Bread, Um, I'm not sure. It sort of has the. I'm not sure exactly what kind of cheese this is. It's it has like the consistency of uh, what's halloumi, so it doesn't melt when you heat it. It instead Mm -hmm. it cooks, and so Mm -hmm. they grill this stuff and then you dip it in the you dip it in the sauces. And I have to say this this food was very very good. So do you
1: think you could duplicate that? in Ithaca, yeah,
0: it's it's very simple, sort of rustic cuisine, but um, mm-hmm. but incredibly delicious, and it seems very easy to do. I'll definitely do the. Uh, in fact, I'm going to add. I I can see from my notes app that Stephanie's adding things to the meal plan for the week. But I'm going to add new potatoes to this, so I can. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So they they seem very easy to make, and they're very tasty. Um, so we ate that a couple of times, and. Uh, What else? We had really good gelato. Um, Oh, nice. We mostly every day would drive to a different city on Tenerife until we had explored most of the major ones. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, and then one uh, we spent... We we needed to get away. We needed a vacation from our vacation, so we we went to the cheesy uh, Mm -hmm. end of the island and stayed at the uh, Hard Rock Hotel. Oh. (laughs) What artifacts did it have? It had um, a really nice leather jacket, sort of look sort of like a very fancy Bates motorcycle jacket looking jacket uh that uh, Sly Stone wore that I wanted. Okay. I wanted to take it. There was mm-hmm. the bass guitar of uh Beyoncé's bass player. All right. <laughs> don't know don't know why it was taken from him. Um name is Bassonse. Yeah thank you. Mm-hmm uh, there was a uh, an original uh, slash unused slash lyric,
1: like he had, like slash had written out some lyrics. Yeah, and they,
0: yeah, and then an unknown hand had added more lyrics, and the song was something about someone. He's he's a warrior of love. <laughs> well, he he's he certainly is. Yeah. So, is. But mostly, we lounged around in the sun in the saltwater pool and drank frozen cocktails, and then went back to the farm to the avocado nice. farm. Yeah, that's
1: a good. That's I'm glad that you had a nice trip to Tenerife.
0: It was delightful, and I would I would go again.
1: Did you all get to putter around Madrid at all, or were you just no just just the airport, airport transfer?
0: Yeah, I don't I, I have no sense that I've been to like I have that I've been to Spain in any real way. Um yeah. but, uh, while we were there my brother and his girlfriend were visiting um actual Spain or mainland Spain and they went to Madrid and a bunch of other places Barcelona and um so I uh, while we were on the uh avocado farm I was l- watching them uh wine and dine mm-hmm. uh on yeah. Instagram
1: doing classy stuff
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, a visit to the the Prado maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh very good.
1: That's great. But now you're home.
0: But now we're home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm home, mm-hmm. and I am sitting. By the way, you might recall in the last episode <laughs> oh, of the podcast, you have,
1: you have a very nice posture. I was noticing.
0: See, mm-hmm. uh, I have got a, uh, I've got a chair. I bought a chair, an office chair, and I'm here to say that it's good. And if you uh, if you're willing to shell out the dough, you should get one. Did they deliver it no I did not i I severed all ties with the with the local chair shop mm. i i uh, the way I was treated it was not right and so no I put them behind me i just I just bought a chair online based on uh visual aesthetics uh internet reviews I think I mentioned this one uh, to you last time it's called the steel case think is the one that i actually got and and uh i think i read a review of it saying someone said that um this chair is terrible it always feels like you're falling off Mm -hmm. it does not feel like you're falling off i don't know you don't feel
1: yeah vertiginous
0: i am sure that for some people depending on the shape of your body if you have a a slanty slanty behind Uh you might feel that way but uh but uh I'm it seems to be if saved. you're sort of
1: already pitched forward a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe so. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> if your if your if your life state is that of slipping, yeah. then of course you'll feel like you're slipping if, in this chair.
1: If your floor is at an angle already, it, it may not be the chair, it may be yeah. that you live in a funny house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh yeah the 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 reviewer failed to mention that they were rolling down a steep hill. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. They were outdoors. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> they were at the skate park. Mm-hmm. Uh no, the chair is very comfortable. It's very adjustable. It's a little larger than I expected and um I ordered the color called wasabi. Uh it mm-hmm. is not the color of wasabi, however. <laughs> but it's green it did look like it did on the online. it's green yeah. yeah uh you can kind of see it behind me maybe
1: oh it, it was a little mesh kind of yeah. a mesh like mesh, like a martin logan speaker
0: what is a martin logan speaker
1: oh it's a very fine speaker let's let's see uh, my friend paul works at the factory mm, look at those very high-end speakers Yeah, I can see that technology that's like that. It's like two pieces of metal that are large that are just micro distance from each other, and they resonate. Um,
0: If if you want a pair of Martin Logan Renaissance ESL fifteen A's, they're on sale right now. The price for less than five thousand dollars. The price was twenty four thousand nine hundred ninety five dollars and ninety nine cents, but now. They are nineteen thousand oh. nine hundred ninety six dollars and seventy nine cents. That's a
1: good deal. Made in America. Yeah, good. Buy your friend. Made in Lawrence. Made in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh,
0: I love Lawrence, Kansas, but I'm not going to buy these speakers. Oh, you'd, you'd like them. They sound very nice. <laughs> so you have yeah. you've sat with your friend and did a little crit, crit, had a little listening party.
1: I've been to the I've been to the uh, um, the shop. I've seen these uh multi thousand dollar speakers in states of repair disrepair yeah. i've seen the parts bins um, and i've i've listened to music on them and they sound very nice
0: this it seems to look at them that they that they're operating on a completely different principle from from regular speakers yes yes they are can you see, you can see right through them
1: you can see right through them it's sort of like holes in an afghan <laughs> uh throw where you uh uh you think how can this be so warm when it has many holes in it but something about the the structure the 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 holes in a a crocheted afghan help actually trap the heat um
0: rather than dissipate so the holes trap the heat that's the principle trap the heat got it got it yeah anyway yeah that's kind of what my chair looks like and is your chair uh, a
1: speaker have you tried plugging it into I mean, your reel to reel and seeing
0: if it <laughs> It looks like one of the reasons I, I like it is that it has the it has the same design language of a reel to reel tape machine made in the 70s. Yeah. It's it would be it would not be out of place in a in a room full of like classic brawn audio equipment.
1: Yeah. What would be some good music to listen to through your chair? Uh, what are some chair jams? Craftwork. Craftwork is a chair jam.
0: Yeah. Craftwork is Zappa? a chair jam.
1: Zappa? Did you listen to Zappa through a chair? Mm, some Zappa.
0: I think. There's I- a
1: Zappa song that's been going through my head for 24 hours. <laughs> what is it? It's called Truck Driver Divorce.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Do you know this song? No. It's on the album Them or Us. Um, uh. And it's been a, uh, uh, an earworm for many years. I'll, uh, I'll just read the lyrics to you really quickly. Yeah, sure. Truck driver divorce. It's very sad. Steel guitars. Usually weep all over it. The bold and intelligent masters of the road with their secret language and the giant oversized mechanical transcontinental hobby horse. Truck driver divorce. It's very sad. Oh, the wife. Oh, the kids. Oh, the waitress. Oh, the drive all night. Uh, Oh, go ride the bull. Oh, go ride the bowl. Make it go up and down. And when you fall off, you can eat the mattress. Truck driver divorce. Bust your ass to deliver some string beans. (laughs) Deliver some string beans. Deliver some string beans <laughs> to Utah, <laughs> and that's the song.
0: You know what? I actually do remember that song now because it was on uh, "You Can't Do That on Stage." My that's college, right. my college roommate had had all the "You Can't Do That on Stage." Um, yeah. It's it's a there's it's very similar to um, hold on to danger the dangerous kitchen. Yes, do you remember that one?
1: Is, uh, yes, I do.
0: Yeah, it's uh, because it has that same. I assume you you were singing it in the way that Zappa sings it, which is this kind, this kind of, this kind of goofy self mocking talk singing. The dangerous kitchen. Nobody likes. Yeah, it's horrible. If it ain't one thing, it's another. In the middle of the night when you get home, the bread things are all dry and scratchy. The meat thing where the cats ate through the paper. The canned things with the sharp little edges that can cut your fingers when you're not looking. The soft little things on the floor that you step on, they can all be dangerous. Sometimes the milk can hurt you if you put it on your cereal before you smell the plastic container. And so on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh man, now I'm suddenly remembering this—the uh, background music of my of my sophomore year in college.
1: You weren't choosing to listen to it; it was sort of roommate bleed.
0: I, I did like it. it Was roommate bleed, but I but I liked it. Um, this is um, Chris Welbin, uh, a, a good egg, and was a bandmate of mine. We had yeah. different musical tastes, but he he really liked um, virtuoso musicianship. Uh, and Zappa's live bands were just really like an
1: Adrian Ballou or a Steve yeah. Vai.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Like he he got me into eighties King Crimson when Adrian okay. Ballou was in the band, and yeah. which is like not the kind of music I sort of naturally gravitate towards, but I kind of intellectually appreciate a great deal. And the and these live Zappa thats recorders. the healthy
1: attitude. That's the healthy attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So anyway, yeah. It does no good to dislike it. But I don't know if it helps to like it very much.
0: I just <laughs> want to be in that sweet spot. Yeah, It's, it's a knife edge, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But that's where I like to live. <laughs> uh, oh, I, this is something I forgot to mention. After uh, Stephanie listened to the last episode, I had been talking about the things we ate at the party that we threw in the beginning yeah. of September. But the you main thing out? Mm-hmm. yeah, I left something out. It was actually the main dish, the, the thing that um, that she made the most of. I did not help with this one. this was her jam. Uh, is this squash lasagna butternut mm. squash lasagna with mushrooms and I'm, I'm going to post the I'm going to link to the recipe in the show notes. Um, was it
1: with pasta or was the squash in layers that no, 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 it's Absolute with pasta,
0: it's with pasta. The, um, Okay, alright the, the squash yeah. is cut into slices But it gets nice and soft in there yeah. And uh, it is I'm tempted to say it's the most delicious Lasagna I've ever had Even though it's a non-traditional one It doesn't sound like it would necessarily be great But it is really, really good uh, And it's got um, Onions, mushrooms, squash um, ricotta, of course Mozzarella um, But I'll, I'll I'll link to the recipe on Bon Appetit. It's really no good. tomatoy. It's not tomatoy. Aspect- uh-huh. That's the that's the thing that makes it the most different. That the that yeah. the um, the mushrooms and the um, and the squash form the. And there's also some broth in there. That, that's yeah. what forms the sauce. Savory and sweet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So highly recommended if you like to bake. I would like to eat that. Yeah so what are you what else are you doing in missoula? How are your students students are fantastic yeah did you get to you didn't help Did you help choose them no
1: no yeah. no i didn't um, but i will uh, I believe that I am part of the admissions process for the next year and which i won't be teaching at. <laughs> but that happened before, and those students uh Turned out to be fantastic, and actually, I stayed in touch with them, even though I never teach them, and they are have been become uh, friends and poets I admire, uh, particularly Alicia Mountain, whose first book just came out um, recently, and is fantastic. Alicia Mountain, very good. Let's poet.
0: see. I'll link to her uh, website. Program. Hmm. Could who who published the first book? It looks like uh, University of Iowa. University of Iowa.
1: He won the Iowa Prize. Mm-hmm. Superb. So, the Preeks
0: That's not how you say that. <laughs> Iowa.
1: Are you certain?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's like a Star Wars planet.
1: Yeah. Preeks Iowa. Yeah. I think he's a bounty hunter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right I think you're right yeah. Preeks, he's, Iowa. <laughs> he's got some flash He's got some sass yeah.
1: yeah I mean like Boba Fett's all business right Right uh, But you know from the suit That like somebody involved here Has, has a taste for flair
2: Yeah
0: <laughs>
1: Yeah, And that same designer kind of went all out For Preeks, Iowa There's a cape
0: Yeah There's a cape Definitely a cape and an interesting yeah. pair of, uh, of uh, dark glasses, to be sure.
1: Uh, next weekend, going back to Portland and going out to the Long Beach Peninsula to the town of Seaview for the 5th or 6th annual Airstream Poetry Festival, mm-hmm. um, loosely organized by Mother Foucault's bookshop. Yep. Um, and it's going to be fun. If there's any friends – this is a reminder to friends in the Portland South – Southwest Washington area um, to come out to Seaview for the Airstream Poetry Festival, uh, or there will be reading and cavorting.
0: Great, great. Probably, probably rain. But I am. Well. I'm, I must. I'm a little jealous of this. I have to say. I wish there were. I wish there were a fiction equivalent. Although you don't. You're not going to have just a fiction festival.
1: Well, it's. It's. We call it the poetry festival, but it's. 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 Lit, 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 literary generalists can find common <laughs> yeah. yeah. grounds in yeah, the sure. shifting sands.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> but that'll be a hoot.
0: Yeah, I bet. Do you bring your banjo?
1: I do bring my banjo. I will probably play it. I played last year a little bit with uh, uh, Alicia Joe uh, Rabines. Um, it's very good. Uh, I'm gonna play a little banjo tonight. Oh the yeah. Second wind second wind Oh. the student student community reading. I'm gonna I play am a little so bit intermission. Gl-
0: so glad that it's still going
1: on. Still going on and it's now at the VFW.
0: Oh good. Yeah, that's a good venue. I think change changes venue from year to year.
1: Where was it when we were youths?
0: The, the sort of canonical one for us was the, um, shit, it was the place that was next to the diner. Uh, the, you know, the place where everyone had breakfast, it was next to that. What the hell was that place called? The Old Post? The Old Post.
1: The Old Post. That's yeah. right.
0: It was the Old Post Pub.
1: And When I was back here um, during the, o- the Obama years, it was uh, at the Toppet. Yeah. Which was nice. But the top it has been uh, the fancied top it? up.
0: You're saying mm-hmm. like Sir Topham Hat? Yeah. <laughs> the toe fat. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's BFW. I It's it's it really really pleases me that the students are continuing to. Did you did you run it? I ran it one year. I did not run it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't enjoy run, running it very much. It's a lot of work. Well, people. There are lots of people who are very resentful about not having been invited to community people. Yeah, community people. I think there
1: were more writers in the Missoula community at the time. There's still a lot of writers here, but not as
0: many. Yeah,
1: um, doing doing the thing.
0: Like like non-university affiliated
1: writers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or graduates who are still around. There are a lot of graduates who are still around. Who are among the one hundred employees that's submittable,
0: oh, that's right
1: now has a hundred has exceeded now hundred employees has a child care center. where's their office it's growing the Florence building oh been, sure, a nice office building downtown
0: nice
1: I have a good good chunk of it. This is uh, part of the uh 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 Missoula as the new Austin uh, <laughs> uh, argument is that we have a software ish
0: company, yeah. Yes. Sure. Okay. New. It's Austin. not Dell, but it's you know it's. <laughs> I think they're it great. I hope. I think yeah, they're doing great. They've. I think they have done a, a wonderful thing. Um, I, it's a
1: nice I, way to stay in Missoula.
0: So speaking With. of Second Wind, there was a there was a big uh, Twitter thread the other day. Everyone got talking about um, terrible readings, <laughs> which is one of my one of my favorite topics. Yeah. Uh, people were just relating, uh, legendarily, uh Sort of selfish and clueless, uh, like people reading uh, too long. Yo, that was the main thing. That's, that's what a terrible reading it means. Start, started yeah. with someone, uh, someone kind of saying, it "Just as a, as a, like here's a piece of friendly advice for new writers who are reading for the first time. If you're only supposed to read for eight minutes, don't read for twenty, and because yeah. everyone will hate you." Yeah. Uh, and I, the one I remembered was was one year at the Colgate Writers Conference. This guy came, I don't remember his name, but his first book. Was coming out um, from uh, Colgate University Press, and so he was invited. To... So he was on friendly ground. Oh yeah, he was on very friendly ground. He was a nice guy too. We we all a uh, bunch of us who were like the you know the organizers of the conference and the faculty. He, he was basically most of the readings there are from the faculty, uh, but then there's a couple where the people are sort of come, just coming for the day and give a reading. And this guy was going to give one of those, and so uh, the organizers and some of the faculty all took him out to dinner and he he revealed that he had never given a reading before that this his reading that night would be his first reading and we all said oh great it's really friendly audience they'll really like it you'll like it just keep it to 20 minutes because there's two readers 20 minutes a piece short q a then everybody goes to the open bar um and he said oh i can't i can't for 20 minutes the, sh- the shortest thing i have is going to take an hour and we're like oh no no, no. you just have, you just stop just find a good place to stop and stop he's like i can't i can't do that and we were like no dude stop after 20 minutes you just you have to stop after 20 minutes people don't just can't sit through that and he he and then he started um he began to sweat he was sweating at dinner just talking about it and uh We were like – we kept – we were laughing about it because it was so crazy. He just could not imagine stopping at 20 minutes. And then after the dinner, he went outside and he got just totally baked. (laughs) 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 So we drive back to the campus and he gets up there. And the crazy thing was at about the 15-minute mark, there was a perfect cliffhanger. It was it was a good story. I can't remember what it was about, but it involved a bunch of young, you know, disaffected young people sitting around and arguing on a porch. There's a lot of a lot of funny dialogue, and there was a moment you you could hear the white space in the story. It was the perfect moment to stop, and he kept going. And the 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 hilarious thing was that's where the story went off the rails, and everyone in the story got stoned, and he was stoned, and the story became boring, and he just. He was smacking his lips he was look kept looking at the clock and he was sweating and sweating and sweating and he went for fifty minutes. Um and then the, the there was someone who had to read after him who basically made it worse by just denouncing him from the from the mic. So I was ta- I was remembering this. For some reason I couldn't sleep. I was uh, uh over the um over Rosh Hashanah we were at Stephanie's parents' house and I was lying awake just. Turning over things in my head, and I—I I was for some reason focusing on this bizarre reading, and I thought, "What? What should have been done? Right? Like, how do you fix what this? What do you do? What, what do, do you do? do you know." But my in-law, my uh, brother and sister-in-law came up with the perfect answer, and I wish well, I had thought alarm. of it. <laughs> yeah. I wish I'd thought of it at the time and told the people who were running the reading, uh, suggested it to the people running the reading, which was you. You get up there and say, We've run out of time, but let's do the other reading at the bar. So everyone goes over to the, to, to the, uh, like an old, old, uh, old dark mansion where you have drinks on the porch and everybody gets a drink and you go into the big common room and you do the second reading there while everybody has their whiskey. Yeah. That would have been perfect, but that's not what we did. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, uh, people were telling a lot of great, great stories of, of clueless people who don't realize that they have lost the crowd completely. Oh, lost and <laughs> turned the crowd against them.
1: Eternally. I was present. I was present for a legendary um, bozo at Breadloaf a number of years ago. <laughs> um, somebody very fine writer. I can't remember who it was. I remember the work was was okay, and she read uh, from the book that had just been published and she, the reading's supposed to be like 15 minutes, you know, around 15 minutes. And she read for 35 or 40 minutes.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And then she read another piece. Oh, no, no. And, and now I'd like to read from my work in progress and read for another half hour.
0: Why can't, And I am guilty of this as anyone. Why can't everyone just shout, no, stop, because everyone is thinking it. Everyone should band together and yell stop, but we never do. Yeah. But what you were going to say is that that the work in progress was stupendously great, and everyone was grateful for the opportunity to hear it.
1: Yes, I'm so glad. I was up in the, there's a like a projection booth where they have the sound the sound booth where they it's also soundproofed so they can't hear you. <laughs>
0: they can't hear in the, in the
1: theater. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, in addition to the people running sound, it's also you can you know you can kind of go up and hang out for a few minutes and you know so the two guys doing sound and then uh, are people doing sound and then uh, uh, some of the faculty including the great poet um, Ellen Bryant Voigt. Mm-hmm was uh, a major figure um, uh, in in poetry through both her own work, her mentoring, her creating of really the you know a lot of programs. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know uh, rigorous but tender-hearted, <laughs> maternal figure. And she was swearing things (laughs) I've never heard and have never heard or imagined since. Some of the the darkest language that has ever been uttered by a human. Just poisonous, elegantly poisonous uh, invective hurled against this speaker um, that started at about that 15 minute mark. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) So I was treated. On one hand, to you know, a, a legendarily, um, you know, clueless overtime reading, and probably the, the greatest display of verbal dexterity that I <laughs> have ever or will ever witness. <laughs>
0: That's wonderful, yeah. Um, Kelly Link jumped in to mention a, a similar thing that happened at uh, the Tin House conference, um, and uh. The the person in question read for something like an hour, and then was followed by Jim Shepard, who mm-hmm. is a spectacular reader. Um, yeah, very funny. And he read a four minute story, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, uh, you know, it's spectacularly intense and uh, and funny as he is, uh, and that that was his mic drop was to just get up after this. <laughs> blow hard and read for four <laughs> minutes and bring the house down. Um, yeah. but, a, but, you That's know, cool. half a dozen people jumped into the thread We're like, oh, I remember that. That was the best reading ever. So I feel like, I feel like these, people, these people do give us uh, something to talk about. And
1: I'm sure it's. I'm sure I have been this person. No, come on. I'm really? sure that at some point, I've uh, been around a long time. I'm sure that there. It's at least you know one or two readings I read either too long, maybe because I misunderstood how long I was supposed to read, or I lost track of time, or I was being arrogant. Um, and you know something about speaking, you you, you do lose track of time. Yeah. You know? um, and you get nervous. You get sweaty. And um, sometimes you flee and sometimes you fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, what's I,
1: mortifying about these stories is that I mean, I think most everybody knows that that they're if they haven't done it, they're capable of doing it.
0: You know? Yeah, I you know, and I I I feel like the. The guy in question here, I really felt for him, even as I was enraged by this performance, because he I had witnessed his struggle and failure to accept yeah. the fact that he could not read for an hour, um, yeah. but he knew deep down he was going to do it. he was going to read for an hour, and there was nothing that could be done to dissuade yeah. him um, yeah. it, including like you know half half a dozen people begging him not to.
1: The people who had invited him exactly. to come, exactly. I telling I, him not to. Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't. I don't get. I don't. Well, get he's it. dead now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he died that night. He died later that later that night. Murder of, <laughs> on the Orient Express style. <laughs> Couldn't really pin it on anybody because everybody in the audience had participated. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. So, so here's that would a, be a
1: good, that would be a good murder story, good detective story, murder at the poetry at the at the reading.
0: And it turns out that the motivation was a, a terrible reading, <laughs> yeah, Go, reading going on really, too long in a reading.
1: Yeah, like the work was okay, but the reading went on a little too long. <laughs> that's
0: right. That's right. And <laughs> every, the
1: whole audience did it. <laughs> oh, and the whole audience feels like the work is is fine. Like there were things to admire in it, but um. <laughs> John Wick style. He'd broken the rules, and uh, yeah, that's, that's my your second John it's your Wick second reference. John Wick reference. I, I, I watched. I watched them yesterday. So I got a TV the other day because it was free cable, but I hadn't had a TV. Yeah. So we, went and we got a little TV and we hooked it up, and uh, I don't watch TV very often, and uh, um, and one of the free stations was playing John Wick and John Wick Two, mm-hmm. and I'd heard about it. And so I just kind of had it on for background, and then I got to, I went all in on on the John Wick shows and watched yeah. what they were showing them back to back with lots of commercials. So yeah. like uh, you know, probably less than four hours turned into seven hours <laughs> of doing. There's a third one, but it was I think it's just recently in theaters.
0: Yeah. So do you recommend the the John Wick films? Yeah, oh,
1: yeah, they're. they're they're great. <laughs> okay, okay. They're great. Yeah. Oh, I
0: I love me some Keanu.
1: There's a lot of it's, it's it's a lot not to like. I mean, there's a high death toll, but there's nothing. It's never gory. It's all it's all it's a video game. Yeah. If you're watching somebody play a video game. Sure. A pretty good video game.
0: For sure. Sure. You know. Um, what do you
1: call it? What do you call it? Is it the, kind of the run-through? Like when you watch – you can watch somebody, a video game.
0: Oh, walk-through. Walk-through video. A through It's yeah. like a walkthrough. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm Walk
1: down with that. I've, I've, I, I can watch a walkthrough. Are you playing any video-type video games?
0: Yeah. I, I play this game. I'm always playing a game. Um, and this is the time of year when the, a lot of big games come out. So there's a lot I'm looking forward to. But I just played this game called Control – which is? Do you, have I ever talked to you about the uh, the SCP phenomenon?
1: SCP phenomenon.
0: Yes. Yeah,
3: secure. Contain, Insane. Protect. Clown
1: Posse. No. 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 Um, hold you, on. You played Control, Justin? No. Yeah. We're talking video games.
3: I've been playing Cuphead. Cuphead. You know Cuphead. Man,
0: that I could. I couldn't get through Cuphead. It's really hard.
3: Yeah. Hey, John. Hey, Justin. It's a little uh, classic shooter that's all hand painted and um original jazz score. Yeah, I have it's it the on the It's the hardest game I've ever played.
0: <laughs> I have it on the and Switch. I almost
3: snapped my controller and have I can't hear you by Oh, no he
0: can't he can't hear me. Tell, <laughs>
3: I'm not tell just talking over you.
0: Tell him i like <laughs> Cuphead but I also find it very hard.
3: Well, I can check and
0: change the audio. <clears throat> no, cuz then it'll feed back and it'll just be a squeal. Will it? Yeah
3: there we go okay
0: just sit here sure
3: okay this
1: is Justin Taylor <laughs> fiction writer and uh,
3: guest long time listener first time caller hey, hey, so you can <laughs> hear you can hear me now I can hear you now yeah so
0: right. i ha I have cuphead on the switch, but I found it so it looks so in- innocent mm-hmm it looks like a child could play it, but I found it incredibly difficult, and I got frustrated and and quit. But I, I I'll probably go back to it.
3: Yeah, and enraging. I mean, I was really serious. I almost <laughs> snapped my switch controller in half. It has a big crack in it now.
0: Oh no! I'm sorry to hear it. No about that for a little while. Yeah, but you haven't you haven't gotten to the end.
3: No, I've made it about halfway through. I think. Okay. It's a, it's a small game. Oh, okay.
0: Well, I I haven't I hadn't mentioned it to anybody. I know who likes games that I played it because I was embarrassed at not being able to get through it. So I'm glad to hear that someone else who likes games found it also found it punishingly difficult. It might
3: be the hardest game I've ever played. And that's coming from someone who just spent recently 70 or 100 hours playing Hollow Knight, which is also one of the hardest <laughs> yeah. games yeah, I've I ever c- played, although quite rewarding. I loved it.
0: I ended up giving up on that, too.
3: I beat it eventually. I yeah. didn't beat all the super double bonus levels yeah. where the impossible bosses are like triple impossible i just i couldn't
0: <laughs> no I, I i am not ashamed of the fact that when a game has a difficulty setting and a boss is very difficult i'll i'll, I'll just, just go down easy it right to down. get through it because i love narrative and i <clears> love particip- <throat> the participatory narrative of a video game but um there's only so much uh there's only so much uh, like uh, boss difficulty i can I can stomach.
3: I feel, I feel that. Although Is I will it, say... In, but in, then we're uh, not We're
0: not true gamers. We're not, right. we're not true men.
3: No, I've never felt like a true gamer or a true man. I don't <laughs> see why this little cartoon thing would change that. <laughs> um, I am interested in the new Zelda, the kind of reissue of some old Game Boy Zelda that's on Switch now.
0: Yeah, I was a little bit tempted... It kind of looks like a game for children, but maybe like Cuphead, it is not. But I, I, I'm I'm almost fifty, and I miss the Nintendo era. Like my when I was a mm-hmm. child, I played uh, Atari and Intellivision television and ColecoVision, and then mm-hmm. I didn't play games for a long time when I was in college and graduate school. When the entire you know the entire NES and GameCube and what, what are now thought of as the, the classic games. Yeah, I miss them all. So well, those are great games. Yeah, that's my understanding. So and uh, that's
3: why I bought a Switch. Actually, I just I like that Nintendo doesn't focus on uh, verisimilitude in their game design. And the thought of like just holding a very realistic gun and killing very realistic yeah. people was just not something I was interested in. Yeah.
0: No, I agree. I got the switch for Breath of the Wild, and uh, do not regret Mm -hmm. it one bit. It was it's great. So I I may very well play uh, Link's Awakening, and uh, I hope they put out they reissue
3: more of those games. Yeah, I mean the main thing is it's just sixty bucks right now. Yeah, don't want to give them that. So we'll see (laughs) if it goes. We'll see if it goes on sale. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe. Yeah,
0: but yeah, I was about to tell Ed. Uh, Mm I'm I the game I played recently was Control on the PS4 which mm. is are you familiar with uh the the SCP series of of like uh creepy pasta online writing
3: Oh yeah 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 I kind of know what that is
0: It's like a format where it's a it's a description by some government agency of a mysterious artifact um and I often assign this assign my my undergraduates to write one as an exercise um, it's, like a, it's like a form that you can plug something interesting into. Um, mm-hmm. And this game is, takes place in, in, this, in a similar government agency where haunted objects are stored, and there's sort of deep lore about how the place came to be and who was in charge of it, and you have to sort of explore it and solve various mysteries. And also, you have the ability to um, pick up any, literally any object, including if there are no objects around, you can literally extract part of a wall with your mind, and throw it at people. Huh. Or at why, pre- why would monsters. You, why well, would you do that? They want to kill oh, you. because the monsters. The monsters, right. would because like, the monsters want to kill you. They that, would like to kill you, reason. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the that only reasonable sense. alternative is to kill them. So, Sure. You do have I mean, a gun, but uh, I didn't use it very much. I almost exclusively just threw stuff. It's mm-hmm. deeply satisfying, uh, mysterious, and violent. So I recommend it. That does
3: sound good. Uh, that actually is a little, it sounds a little like breath of the wild. They give you that sword and they make such a big deal of it, but really you spend most of the game shooting arrows at things. or yeah. hiding. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's true. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, let me, uh, well, why don't I put Ed back on? Cause yeah. I am going to get out of here in a few minutes and drive back to Portland. Uh, I might stop in Wallace, Idaho at the Bordello museum, but then again, oh, oh, good. save that for a different trip.
0: All right. Hold on a second. The, um, yeah, well, when you do, you should you should um, get back on
3: the uh, the podcast and give us a review of it. A full review. It's it's sort of down the street from the mining museum, so I feel like maybe a day when I have a little more time, one could do both. Um, but they are open on Sunday. I checked. Great. So uh, yeah, if I if I need lunch around Wallace, I think I may just invest an hour and and see. I, I imagine the Bordello Museum and the Mining Museum bear some relationship to each other mining and bordellos some historical connection i can't imagine what it was but i'm forward to <laughs> discovering
0: <laughs> i think the i think the common theme is tunneling
3: <clears throat> tunneling yeah
0: <laughs> well if you don't if you don't make it while you're living in missoula next semester you can drive out to butte and i believe there is still a uh, a bordello museum there as well
3: oh so see just, all the bordello the, museums. the
0: rich history of the american west
3: I for a second I thought you were going to say there was still a bordello.
0: <laughs> well, there may be actually
3: <laughs> under the Bordello Museum. <laughs> <Yeah>. All, right. <laughs> All right, safe, safe
0: travels. Uh, thanks, thanks for being a gaming corner.
1: Yeah, sure. I'll see you later. Yeah. Well, it's nice to have a guest.
0: Yeah, it certainly was. If he, uh, I, I invited him to come back on the podcast and review the Bordello Museum. Should he go there? That's very generous of you. Yeah. Um. So, uh, books. I ha- actually I have a couple of books to recommend. But do you do you uh, want to go first?
1: Uh, what I've been reading. Reading. Um, let's see. Uh, this new first collection by uh, Tainum Bambrick called Vantage. It's okay.
0: very Good. Uh, uh tanum tanum oh it's, tanum. A, it's a copper canyon book um do you mm-hmm. y- you want do you want to read any of it? Uh, uh,
1: well, I it i don't have it right here but it won the uh, uh american poetry review Honigman award so Copper canyon publishes them mm-hmm. um, prize selected by Sharon olds
2: oh nice
1: um, i wish i don't have it right in front of me I would like to read it it's very good she's from eastern washington um Uh, originally uh, and writes kind of about uh, life out there and running and getting away from it and environmental degradation and uh, how people destroy themselves in places sure you know, the huge (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> That's pretty good. The Jess Rowe book, White Flights. Have you read this? You this book been on your radar? No. Have you read this? No, I heard Just, about it. I've been hearing
3: good things.
1: Yeah, well, Jess Rowe is really good writer, smart guy. This is a book of essays about uh, um, how white writers have uh, performed a kind of uh, uh, white flight in literature in the last – you know since the 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 fling to the suburbs um tracing it through uh people like Dennis Johnson, Richard Ford, Marilyn Robinson sort of a a fling to 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 characters and narratives of isolation and uh distance from cities and uh wow. whiteness in contemporary fiction so uh, this
0: happens Great. This is. I will definitely read this. This is a, a Grey Wolf book as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've got. First of all, I read. You recommended Zachary Lazar's Vengeance to me. About Zachary Lazar's Vengeance, very yeah. good book. Yeah, I finally read that. I just finished it yesterday. Um, it's it is depressing. <laughs>
1: all right, Justin, I'm hitting the road. You got to hit the road. Right. Careful, Tell him on, good luck. careful. There might be some snow on the passes, but they've just. You know, I'm gonna hit the don't go too driver. slow. Uh-huh. That's one of the mistakes people make on the passes, going too slow. Interesting. There's a slow lane, there's a fast lane. Just pay attention to what's coming up behind you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Take it easy. Take it really easy.
0: Take it easy. That was some very good av- avuncular uh, travel advice. Well, the, these passes are uh, avuncular. Uh, anyway. Hold on. So... Uh, oh. So vengeance Zachary's mm-hmm. book is extraordinarily uh depressing um and i and i and I'll also say I'm going to use the word unsatisfying um not that it is bad, it is a very good book, and I definitely recommend it to people, but the fact of it's it, it's about not being satisfied and it's about injustice uh, and uh it left me with a lot to think about so i I appreciate the recommendation. It's extraordinarily yeah. well written too. It's a strange, strange metafiction. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I think he he became very invested in uh, death row world. Yeah, uh, Angola prison. Um, in the, I don't know which came first. That kind of the activism and awareness about it or or the novel but i mean this is this is the territory he's written about before you mm-hmm. know i mean criminal world i think his, his father was a hitman i think much like woody harrelson
0: yeah
1: um and has written about that
0: and uh, woody harrelson's father was a hitman.
1: here are three people whose parents were hitmen okay. That okay. Our, if i remember the story correctly okay woody harrelson and the poet James Tate's stepfather. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I think father, stepfather, I think.
0: Um and, and probably it, more than you know. There might be more hitmen. Oh, I'm than, sure. I, I don't think know. about hitmen at all, so I'm sure there's more than I Well, you watch of.
1: watch a watch a John Wick marathon. <laughs>
0: okay, maybe I'll do that. And you'll start looking uh, around
1: you a little differently.
0: But the the book is is uh, is really extraordinary and it's it's in part about a thing that I'm obsessed with in my work, which is the the um, unreliability of memory and the different versions, possible versions of a story. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and there's basically the plot to, for people who don't recall when we talked about last, last. Uh, a guy is uh, convicted of a murder that he probably didn't commit, and he says he's utterly innocent. Of it and had nothing to do with it, but maybe he had something to do with it, but maybe he didn't, and maybe it was his cousin. And uh, Zachary Lazar goes into his point of view for different possible versions of the story. Um, and he uh, uh, ends up going into the prison and talking to the guy uh, and feeling strange about what he knows and is not supposed to know about him. And it's about sort of power relationships and sort of quietly about race. Uh, it's re- really very good
1: yeah knowledge yeah.
0: yeah uh also read this book um uh by let me see i've where did i put it i have so many tabs open here that anyway it's by camille bordas yeah ha hold on i got to find it now Truck driver divorce, Martin Logan
3: speakers, Aretha, there oh, we Oh, the go.
1: wife, oh, the kids, <laughs> oh, the
0: waitress, oh, the drive all night. Uh, Camille Bordas, How to Behave in a Crowd. A very short novel. It uh, came out 2017. Um, I don't think it made a big splash, but it should have. It It's sort of... And this is going to sound obnoxious, but it's about a a family in France of uh, extremely precocious intellectual children and told from the point of view of the youngest child who is not those things. Um, And it's sort of his navigating his family Which who he deeply loves, but is also sort of alienated from, and it's really funny and really sad, uh, and uh, extremely well written. I'd written, I read, I hadn't heard of this author, but I had read a story of hers that was in the New Yorker. One of my favorite recent Mm -hmm. short stories, Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, I so I highly recommend this. I guess she's she's a combination of I guess she's French and Mexican. I think she she grew up in both of those places and now maybe lives in the United States. I'm not, I'm not sure. But um, but this is a really good book. I
1: have one more recommendation. I'll, I'm going to get that book.
0: Yeah, go for it. Um, so this is, one of the, this is a this
1: writer, uh, Marie Mockett, Marie Mitsuki Mockett. Oh, yeah, I know her. She's great. Yeah. And she came out and taught in Idlewild, and I'd read her novel, Picking Bones from Ash, and I liked it very much. But only in the last month that I, I read was one of my, the books I had the most... Uh, the best favorite reading experiences lately Uh, is a nonfiction book about Japan called where, where the dead pause and the Japanese say goodbye. It's kind of a long time where the dead pause and the Japanese say goodbye. Great. I got it. Um, kind of about, so her family had, uh, sort of a family temple that her has been in her family for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. It's kind of in the Sendai region affected by the, earthquake and the tsunami. So she went over there and her her novels about this kind of territory, but this is uh, her going around and deciding that she ought to know more about, uh, Japanese temple temples in order to understand her own family's temple. So she just kind of goes around, um, talking to people and staying and checking things out. Um, kind of at the core of it kind of, you know, it's, Sorting things out in her personal life, uh, grief, death of a father, and then trying to contend with just the horrors of the tsunami. But also just kind of nonfiction journalism, going around and talking to people. Right. Um, and it's really – she's got great style. She has a new book coming out very soon called American Harvest um, in which she does kind of the same thing but with a, a, a threshing crew, like a harvesting crew. Uh, Going from like Texas to Alberta Over the course of a harvest season And just kind of talking to people
3: Great
0: uh, I'm always in awe of people who do that kind of writing I'm I'm too shy And lazy More lazy than shy
1: You're neither lazy nor shy (laughs) I'd have to say That's not an accurate (laughs) self-assessment At all all right, but I, but I, I I can understand being in that actual asking people questions to get information and then writing about it is a different kind of invasiveness and it's asking something different from the social relationship.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's it's not something I've ever been comfortable with. Or it I
1: requires guess, listening.
0: Yeah. Exactly. That's something I can't do. Yeah. I I was going to say creepers. I'm sure it's something that the people who do it are not is not comfortable with either, but uh, they do it anyway yeah. is the reason they're they're good at their jobs. Um I have one more one more book uh novel um uh The Memory Police by Yoko Ogawa. This I guess this just got nominated for the National Book Award. Um this is in translation. Uh speaking of Japan, she's a Japanese writer um translated by steven snyder it's a kind of it's the kind of book i've been right writing lately and i've been enjoying reading which is uh a uh slightly uh fantastical world uh full of rich uh weird metaphors uh, basically it's a, about an island where um the where the police um keep canceling various things like birds for instance and once Aww. they cancel birds, the birds all disappear, and then all evidence of birds having existed have to be erased. Uh including and then people's memories of them uh begin to fade as well. Um and it's sort of sort of a thriller, it's kind of Kafkaesque. Um I didn't I actually didn't like it as much as her story collection. Um what the hell is the story collection called? Hold on. It is called uh can't find the story collection but it's uh hotel iris i guess that's a is that a forthcoming book anyway it's not on her author page on amazon but um hunger revenge revenge i think it's called revenge uh it's a collection of linked stories that are um connected in an inventive way uh and are sort of fable like and also peculiar and ghostly um and have this kind of strange internal logic it's again about a, uh about a material world that is somehow guided by the logic of metaphor um and i'm i'm envious of and delighted by her skill well, like to, i'll, at I'll get these. yoko ogawa yoko ogawa yeah check it out so that's all i got man that's a lot of books yeah
1: it's a lot of books what are you gonna have for uh, lunch
0: uh, well, I haven't even had breakfast yet, so I'm... Oh, I, my goodness. Yeah. So I'm going to go make some eggs and some. I'm going to roast some tomatoes uh, for my lady, and then uh, I will uh, put this podcast up on the internet. That's my plan. Very good. How about you?
1: Bagel sandwich, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Got some, some everything bagels. I've got a toaster oven. Congratulations. Uh, so the toaster oven a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm using the toaster oven for like open-faced sandwiches, so a bagel or a piece of bread, you know, some meat or cheese, this will be an egg sandwich. And then uh, it just kind of, you know, bakes perfectly and you can see it. You don't have to crouch down into the oven for it.
0: No, (laughs) it's right there. It's right there at eye level. Right there at eye level. It's pretty good. No bending. (laughs) Okay. Well, enjoy your no-bend breakfast. Thank you. Are you hungry for lunch? Then let's have lunch Do you want some lunch? Well then we'll give you some lunch Do you have a hankering for lunch? Well then come to lunch Cause it's time for lunch Box with Ed and John. That's right It's time for lunch Box with Ed and John.